Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael Da Silva, and I am your host for episode 53. In this episode, we are going to be listening to Nevin Koshi, who fellowships with his family here at Langstaff. Nevin has entitled his message, Four Places, Four Experiences. This episode will take us on a wonderful adventure back to four places in time, and then apply those experiences to our lives today as the people of God. We trust you will be challenged and encouraged by this message. 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 to 8 talk about the last journey of Elijah's life and the places that he passes through with Elisha. Here we see a scene that unfolds almost similar to that in the story of Naomi and Ruth. I would like to use this passage as a backdrop for discussing our own life journeys. There are four places that are mentioned here in this passage where Elijah and Elisha travel. There's Gilgal and then there's Bethel and Jericho and finally Jordan. The first place, Gilgal, is just west of the Jordan River. It is one of the four places where Samuel judged Israel from and it is known as a place of deliverance from the past because the word Gilgal literally means rolled away because God told the Israelites when they crossed the river Jordan and reached Gilgal that the reproach of Egypt has been rolled away. The Egyptian slavery was removed and that is the place where the new generation of Israelites were circumcised and dedicated to the Lord. And it is this place of Gilgal where the Israelites observed the first Passover in the promised land. As we read in Joshua chapter 5. And it is from this place onwards that they have been made free to live a life of freedom in the promised land. And here we see the experience of Gilgal. It is the experience of deliverance from the past life. Before we were children of wrath and enemies of God. Now we are the children of God accepted in the beloved. We are no longer slaves to sin. Before Satan said that we were his, but now Jesus says we are his. Our past sins have been forgiven. We have been cleansed. And now there's no condemnation and there's no wallowing in self-pity. And it is this experience that every Christian goes through. It is the experience of Gilgal where the reproach has been removed. In this context, we also have to look at the different experiences that we have in our Christian life. Sometimes we have people who fall off the cliff with crazy experiences. On the other hand, there are those who are scared of experiences and they argue against any kind of experience and they fall off the other side of the cliff. So Satan is not very particular as to which side of the cliff that we fall off. We need to realize that a theoretical knowledge of God is not enough because any honest person who examines the evidence will admit that there is a God and the Bible is true. But such an understanding is not enough. A rational understanding of God will vanish into thin air in moments of crisis. 
because intellectual understanding will only take us so far. A person might have a lot of knowledge about God, probably with a head as big as the Rogers Center Stadium in Toronto, yet be devoid of a real personal experience of God. In fact, hearing another person's experience is not enough. In John chapter 4, the Samaritans told the Samaritan woman that now we believe not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So they came to a personal experience of Jesus Christ and that made all the difference. Many experiences in our lives are meant to strengthen us and to help us to grow. But life's experiences should not be the end, but it should only be the means. In fact, we can love someone whom we have not seen, but we cannot love someone whom we have not experienced. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, we read there, Whom having not seen, you love. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. For example, a baby in the womb, the mother feels the baby and the mother loves the baby. She has not yet seen the child, yet she loves the child. So we see that we can love someone whom we have not seen, but we cannot love someone whom we have not experienced. Gilgal is also a place of rebellion. About 200 years before Elisha, it is at this place that the people rejected God and chose for themselves a king like the other nations. And Gilgal is also a place of testing whether we would trust God or self. This we read in 1 Samuel chapter 13 where Saul was asked by prophet Samuel to wait for him. But seeing the people leave him, Saul started getting fearful and he offered the burnt offering without waiting for Samuel. And just after he offered the burnt offering, Samuel appeared. And Saul fails miserably in the test of patience and of trusting God. Next, we see Elijah and Elisha going to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. It is a place of worship. It is near Bethel that Abraham made an altar and worshipped God. It is at Bethel that Jacob had the dream, the vision, where he says, Surely God is in this place, and I knew it not. Jacob had the fear of the unknown. He was facing loneliness and rejection. But in the midst of it, there was a God who was unknown to him, whose presence he suddenly felt. Sometimes we experience this presence of the living God, a loving nearness of God. He gives us the peace that passes all understanding and an unspeakable joy. The presence of God is there everywhere. This is what the theologians used to call as the immanence of God. Theologians like to use big fancy words. The immanence of God simply means the presence of God in all creation. About 900 years ago, the French theologian Hildebert of Laverdin put it so beautifully. He said, God is above all things and beneath all things. He is outside all things and inside all things. He's above but not pushed up. He's beneath but not pressed down. He's outside but not excluded. He's inside but not 
enclosed. He's above all things presiding. He's beneath all things sustaining. He's outside all things embracing. And he's inside all things filling. The psalmist said, If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The experience of Bethel is this loving nearness of God in the midst of trials, fear, rejection, anxiety, and sorrow. Next, Elijah and Elisha reach Jericho. Jericho means a place of fragrance. It is at Jericho that the Israelites experienced their first victory. They just had to walk around the walls of Jericho. And it is this place where they walked by faith where finally the walls came crashing down. It is the experience of Jericho, where we walk by faith and formidable sins, they fall away. It is this place of victory that God gives to the believer, where God fights the battle for the believer. We just walk by faith and not by sight. It is God who works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. The Jericho of the New Testament stood some distance to the southeast of the ancient one, and it is in Jericho that we see Jesus giving sight to two blind men. It is in Jericho that salvation was brought to the house of Zacchaeus. In the experience of Jericho, we see the power of God unto salvation that is wrought in the life of every believer. The fourth place that Elijah and Elisha go through, or the place that they cross, is the river Jordan. Jordan is seen as a place of death, it is also seen as a place where you enter into God's rest. River Jordan is east to Jericho. Jordan is mentioned about 180 times in the Old Testament and in the New Testament it is mentioned about 15 times. In Genesis chapter 32 we read that Jacob crossed and recrossed this Jordan River. The Israelites passed over it as on dry ground. And in the times of the kings, twice the waters of Jordan were divided at the same spot, first by Elijah and later on by Elisha. In the New Testament, John the Baptist's ministry was concentrated in Jordan. It is in the river Jordan that Jesus was baptized by John. The experience of Jordan is the new birth and life in Christ. It is a baptized life. And in the Old Testament, we see that the Israelites crossed the Jordan River and they entered the promised land of Canaan. Canaan is not heaven, although some hymns might misinterpret it because in Canaan, there are battles to be won and there are giants to be killed. Canaan is the new life in Christ. And God is able to make all grace abound towards us, that we, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. We saw four experiences, the experience of Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. And we should remember that the knowledge of God should lead to experience, but experience should finally lead to transformation in our lives. When I was a little boy, I was fooling around and trying to test if there was electricity in the electric socket. The voltage 
in India is 230 volts, which is more than double that over here. Sad to say my finger slipped and touched the conducting part of the tester and I got the shock of my life. I ran out of the house thinking that the electric shock was chasing me to my brother's utter amusement. I was fully aware that if I touch a conducting electric line, I would get a shock. That's knowledge. But getting the shock, that was experience. But since that day, I have stayed far away from a conducting electric line. And that's transformation. So the experiences in our lives should lead to transformation. In the Old Testament, we see again and again that the Israelites experienced God in miraculous ways. They saw his miraculous deeds. They saw how he brought the ten plagues upon the Egyptians. And still at the Red Sea crossing, they doubted how God would save them. In the New Testament, many people followed Jesus and they saw the great miracles he did. But Jesus tells them, you came to me not because of the signs, but because you ate the loaves of bread. Hence, the experiences that we go through should finally lead to transformation in our lives. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says that, But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So let us value such experiences in our lives, where we are assured of our righteous standing before God, where we experience the living presence of God, where we experience victory over sin, where our faithfulness is tested, faith is renewed, grace is granted, and victories are won. It is in this life of faith, wrought on the anvil of life's experiences, that we get shaped into a beautiful testimony of the goodness and greatness of God. Amen.